0: Hello and welcome to the Expert by Experience podcast.
1: We are a campaign group supported by refugee action and represented by people with lived experience in the UK immigration system. We are here to share stories about our lives and experience.
0: Be grateful for how you've been through. Keep running, still learning.
1: Hello everyone, thanks for listening to the amazing EV podcast. I am Anna Asatiani, I am a refugee from Georgia and I'm Expert by Experience Coordinator at Refugee Action.
2: Hello, my name is Ali and um, I've been a refugee since 2014 and I'm from Egypt. Uh,
0: Hello, Uh, my name is Basma, I'm uh, Egyptian and I'm asylum seeker since 2014.
3: Hello, my name is Islam, I am a refugee and I'm from Sudan.
4: Hi, my name is El Bagir. I'm a refugee originally from Sudan. Um EB assistant at refugee action.
5: Hello, my name is Victor. I'm originally from Belarus. I'm asylum seeker from since 2017. a uh, RAS voice member.
0: Um I would like to tell uh, you guys about something funny. Um We were talking about the difference between our culture. So um, one day I went uh, for like a journey to a farm with a couple. uh, Like they were volunteering. So they invited a lot of people from many countries. So um, I met there like an old man. He's like my dad's age. And he tried to check me. And I said, sorry, I can't because I'm Muslim. So I can't do that, check hands. So he said, I understand And he hugged me. So it was like... (laughs) a big surprise for me and uh, of course I exit to death because he is like my dad Thank
1: you. <laughs> funny. Thank you so much Bisma oh, well, for sharing that was really funny and I think uh, at some point this links back to the, our topic today which is uh, like education mm-hmm. and this is very important and problematic topic uh, for refugees and people seeking asylum and, and I would say especially for those who are still in the asylum system and seeking a sanctuary in the UK but that said those who have already got their refugee status are still experiencing the problem so it will be really important for us today to talk about our experience. Thank you, Anna.
4: I have something to share. I remember that when my family came in early days, when we approached the school for my children. So my expectation that uh, it will not take long time and it's straightforward. They will join the school, especially that uh, our house is facing one of the schools. So apply for the school. Uh, we found that's like something we have to wait months and months. For me, it's like shocking, and for my children, they didn't understand why they wait long time. The school is nearby; it's just two steps to go. Why shall they wait? And in, I find myself in a situation that I couldn't justify why, but I have to wait. And after months, I remember it's like four or five months. The decision came that I have like two. Two children in, in a primary school age, so they put it in a totally different school. One near the home and another one is like one and a half kilo meter and I have to go. And it's like a very bad experience for me. The point here that I have no choice. I have to accept it and um, I have to live with it.
1: Thank you, here I also had similar experience with my daughter. So, you know that you have no choice where you lived in the asylum system. The dispersal areas are can be very different. So there were lots of schools, as you say, around us, but for some reason there we got school from like a four miles uh, far from our place. And I remember how my daughter, with my husband, they were walking to the school, and she had no strength to listen, and she was getting sleepy at the lessons and then we had no money because we were not allowed to work and we our benefit was very limited. We could not afford to have a bus ticket. And so what we decided um, that we bought a used pushchair for a five-year-old, which was quite embarrassing for her in front of her classmates, and, and they were going in the rain. Uh, in that, uh, you know, circumstances, which is something that um, my daughter, she's 13 now, but she can never forget that. It
3: should be really overwhelming, yeah. Basically, when I first arrived, I was 17 years old. At that age, I was supposed to be in college. So I approached the nearest College to home and I went to them like I applied and they say to me that your English is not very good. Can you go to ESOL or to the vocational course? And I refused to do so, so they put me in the waiting list. And I waited so many weeks, they didn't get back to me. So I went to a different college, which was away from home. And they said the same thing, basically. They were telling me to go to ESOL, and they were pushing me toward vocational courses. And they were telling me, your English is not very good. So I was so lucky to have my dad beside me. Um, He knew how to speak English and he was telling them, can you give us more information? Could you give us more chances? So at the end, they agreed to give me an exam. It was a math exam. So I came back two weeks ago. I mean, after that, and I did the test, I got a good grade, Then after that, they agreed to put me in A-level, which was what I wanted from the beginning. But under supervision, they were telling me, look, we'll see your performance. And if your performance is not very good, then we can't keep you in A-levels anymore. Luckily, things went smooth and i progressed to a levels and i got good grades at the end again i saw so many of my mates who had the same experience who were doing esol and they spent too many years two or three years and even more but if they were but if they had the chance if they they tried uh, to go to a levels or the course that they wanted they could have done loads of things so yeah it's it's my message to everyone, just don't take no as an answer. Try, challenge decisions, because it's not like it's not the final answer. You can find a way. Thank you so much. No worries. Victor, what's your experience of
1: education in the UK?
5: I haven't experienced in school uh, in this country and somehow close to the school, but I have experience with uh, education in the college, actually ESOL. Asylum seekers who already claim for refugee status, they haven't a lot of opportunities to uh, get education in this country. So the one option which we have and it's uh, ESO in the college and math. I didn't know when I applied for ESOL and I started learning English in this country. And uh, when some different uh, staff from this college came to our class and recruit some new students for their classes, and they suggest a lot of interesting courses, and I also want to join to these courses, but they said you cannot because you're asylum seeker. And uh, if you have money, you can pay, and of course, you can study. But if not, NAS support will not pay for your education. This upset me because I want to study, but I haven't access.
1: You mentioned that there is very difficult for people seeking asylum to have other courses, at ESOL English uh, ESOL classes or maths, but also I know lots of people, including myself, that who are waiting for even those classes for many months. So I think I was waiting for my first ESOL classes when I arrived in the UK for one year, which was so such a difficult experience, uh, being stuck uh, at home doing nothing.
0: As Anna said. Uh... As well, I applied for uh, ESOL course because when I arrived to the UK, I found it's a different English uh, or the accent was very difficult for me, especially in Manchester. So uh, I applied to the college uh, in my city, Rochdale. I was waiting for one year, but uh, I was lucky. I joined a community center and the teacher was from London, so her accent was amazing. So I, um, I started with the community. That improved my English a little bit before the college. Actually, my problem not with me. My problem with my kids. I'm a housewife and uh, I have three boys and one girl. Three of them faced this problem. They finished the college and they couldn't carry on their uh, education because there is no status. We applied as asylum seeker from 2014. We spent here eight years. Eldest two. Uh, joined the colleges because they arrived over 16, so uh, they didn't have the chance to join the schools. They finished chemical engineering course, level two, but they didn't allow them to carry on because they are asylum seeker. Found that it's unfair because if you don't allow to this age to study or work, so what you expect from them, what they will do, their power, where they will spend it. I think they will find a bad way to do something bad or negative in the community. As well, my daughter joined her brothers after she finished the A-level in the college. And she's uh, two years now, gap year. She would like to be a dentist. And uh, she couldn't join the university because she's still asylum seeker. Last month, my youngest child, he's 17. He asked me that question. What if? I finished the college next year and i'm staying home the same like my brothers and sister to be honest this question like killed me i can't say that because i'm trying to support them but i'm like burning from inside because i'm watching my kids uh, they can't carry on they can't do what they want just because they are asylum seekers if their parents brought them to this country that's not their mistakes if we can say that it's my mistake But you can't punish my second generation about any mistakes. They didn't do it. They didn't decide to come to the UK. I think this power, if the UK don't use it, our young people, they will lose it. I'm sure, or I believe that. Because um, they have a lot of energy, so they need to spend it. And I believe as well, this um, age, the children, they are the future of this country.
1: It must be so difficult for you as a parent To deal uh, with uh, everything because we as parents can tolerate in so many things even though that we might be suffering. But when it comes to the children, it's so much, so much
2: different. So my story started on 2015 when I tried to join college. Um, My English was pretty good because I studied English back home. But they tried to put me in an ESOL course claiming that I need English. But anyways, I started ESOL course and it's like I started from the bottom and I finished all the levels in one year. It was entry one, entry two, entry three, level one and level two. So I jumped from entry one to level two in the same year. I finished and then next year I started mechanical engineering level one. I finished level one. Um, I got my certificate. Um, I was really good. That's what the teachers said. And I done my level two. My attendance wasn't the best, but I managed to get the certificate as well and whatever the teachers at the time have said talking about my performance that i was the best in class and you know i finished even two months before time so i was staying home two months before the summertime starts because i already finished and it was kind of easy for me and um, i tried to join level three but they wouldn't let me i don't know for what reason because every time they said a different reason that I don't have the status, sometimes it said I'm not a good student, I don't know how that came out, but from what I have done in that college and from my grades and the certificates that I took, I'm pretty sure I was, you know, I was doing all right. But anyway, I left that college, it was Hopwood Hall College, and then I went to Berry College, I applied, they wouldn't let me in, I applied in Bolton, they wouldn't let me in, and I applied in Manchester, they wouldn't let me in. So I've done with colleges. I thought, right, I'm going to start, maybe apply to university. Maybe they will accept me. So I went to Bolton University. and I went to Manchester University. But every time I produced the ID that the Home Office has given us, they looked down on me in a way, which made me realize at the end, I thought, you know what, I'm not going to study anymore. And I gave up on studying. So, yeah, it wasn't really the best. I had some plans for the future, but I couldn't really achieve it let's say and until this very day i don't know i'm just like making my way through life in this country but it is what it is
1: i really hope that the situation will be sorted out soon and your you will pursue your dreams and also there is one thing there is not clear rules like a uh, as we heard right now that in different authorities they have different access, uh, approach to the to the people so we have don't have clear policy or guidance what are we eligible to so this is another issue do you have any experience about that from about different colleges
4: so yeah uh, thanks Ali for the, for the story I think it's like uh, for me is the system is stop the hopes of people coming to seeking asylum because I can see these resources is like it's totally ignored and is not captured anywhere in the in the life in the UK. So people in this age need need education, and uh, I believe education is should be the basic right for everyone regardless of their status, so it's asylum seeker or refugee or anything. And very quickly, just to share another experience for my youngest son, when applying from the uh, school to the the college and the applying or same in the nearest college, and he had an interview. And during the interview, they are not convinced by his English level. And they try to reject his application. And in the appointment, he tried to get like a condition offer. Uh, because the appointment used to be done before the result of the GCC. And uh, they tried to convince the college that, please give me a condition offer. If I achieve these rates, accept me, because this is like a convenient college, is near my home. And they said, uh, we cannot do that. We are not convinced because we don't know our education history. You are coming soon to the country, so we cannot offer you even... Uh, or give you any condition offer and when the result is coming through, you can reapply. I consider this like a diplomatic rejection from the college side and yeah, we apply for another college. The results coming like he achieved the required and result to go to that college. I mean, if the condition offer had been obtained, he can go easily. But I can see like a prejudgment here is obviously seen regarding people coming from outside the country. They didn't recognize the education level and the education history and study. So this is my highlight
0: in this area. Um, I forgot to to speak about my eldest son. Uh, He was level three engineering, mechanical engineering in the college. And uh, unfortunately, when he went to sign in the reporting center, because he'd uh, refused from the home office before, so they arrested him. And they sent him to the jail for seven weeks. On that time, after he uh, went out, the college kicked him out because his attendance wasn't uh, good enough. I explained to them, I took all um, documents to prove that he wasn't In a normal situation, he was in a jail. He has been arrested by the home office, but they didn't accept that and they kicked him out from the college. After that, he got like a very deep depression. And I think the whole family got the same because we didn't expect that. We expect at least some mercy, some freedom or justice for this age because he didn't do any mistake, but they punished him for this reason. I
1: want to also go back to what Islam was talking about you had dad who spoke English and who could challenge this. And you even though that you had refugee status and you were eligible to those uh, access to education. uh, But you still had to go through all this process, your dad, family. But there are lots of also students around us whose parents don't speak English and uh, who can't challenge authorities and decision makers, and they, they are not captured. They are lost in the system, even though that they have refugee status.
3: Yeah, that's absolutely right. And it's a message from me to everyone. Please don't take no as an answer. It's absolutely not an answer. It means that there is another way. You can say no, you can please seek support. There is loads of organizations like Refugee Aid. For example, there is loads of people around there who can support you. Even if you don't know how to speak English, there must be like some interpreter. There is loads of lawyers. So seek support and don't take no as an answer because you will get there one day.
0: Um, I have a comment about this. Um, I think the problem, not just your English or uh, how you are smart, student smart. The system, a lot of... Uh, small points they have to change it they have to focus more about who will help the future who will build this country not about what's your status the status doesn't mean you are smart or you are uh, clever or you can uh, do anything special it's
5: a very good point and at uh, the same time, I want to say that this country come in a lot of asylum seekers and if in situation when everyone haven't access to education, what we will have in the end, uh, what country will have in the end when one day all people, maybe not all, but anyway, people will receive a uh, leave to remain status. What happened? The people who haven't education, good skills to start to work and the government not do some opportunity to asylum seeker to build their future and be useful in the future for this country. I think uh, this is a wrong point uh, in in government structure.
0: If you have a status like uh, leave to remain two years and a half, you can't uh, join the, the universities.
5: I, I will know, not I know offer
0: the places in, as well
5: uh, 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 talking about this this is a problem, yeah because uh when uh even in situations when people have us uh have leave to remain status they they anyway they cannot uh, be uh, useful for this country, but people want to be useful
0: mm-hmm. uh, I think the education must be like for everyone without any like difficult rules. Uh, especially the, the kids, the kids who arrived to the UK when they still were st- still kids. So just help them, support them to find their way before they will find the bad way or the wrong way.
3: That's absolutely right. I mean, it's not only refugees and asylum seekers who are losing time and energy. It's the country itself. The UK is losing loads of time. I mean, it's losing its resources. Basically, because you have two choices. If you support these people, if you give them it's a right, it's their right, if you give them good education, then they will return this to you to the country. They will contribute to building this country. But if you didn't do anything, then don't expect them to give anything to the country. The UK is losing so many resources because of that.
1: Thank you so much, Islam. And we are working and we are with people with lived experience and we see. That how people are stuck in the asylum process for years, for two, three, four, five, 10, 15 years. And when they get the status, they have no strength to celebrate that. They have such mental issues that, and in between, while they are waiting, there is no, as Victor mentioned, any integration, any transition kind of policy or opportunities so they can fill that gap. I remember that, yes, when I got the refugee status, it was quite easy for me, for me in in this particular case, to get access to higher education and doing my master's. But the problem was that I did not have much opportunity between uh, 2016 and 2009. For four years, I had a gap because I finished my English classes and I had nothing to do. And when I remember my first day at the university, I was shaking And for like three or four months, I spent about how looking after emotional well-being, how to adjust to this new environment, because my confidence and self-esteem was at lowest, which could have been so much easily avoided, what Victor was just saying, if we had opportunities in between to learn, to study, and to build our confidence, especially when we have no right to work.
2: I think the system in the UK is, made in a way where only people that's able to manipulate the system that will survive. And if you are not able to manipulate the system, if you are going in a straight line, you will never get nowhere. You've got to be cheeky, you've got to manipulate, you've got to go around things to achieve what you want. You know, a little bit weird because it shouldn't be that way, you should be, if you go going or giving 100%, you've got to give it back or if you want to achieve something, you have to. Do one, two, three instead of going all around the points just to get what you want. You have to treat everybody according to their situation. This is where you achieve justice.
1: Refugees in general, according to the policy, they are considered as uh, as home students. But for example, uh, as far as I know, you have absolutely different experiences, Lama, regarding this. So can you share with us?
3: Yes. Um. When I applied to university, they considered me like in the first application they were telling me that you're an international student, although that I told them I am a refugee and I have all the status, but they considered me as an international student. So basically home students pay 9,250, but international students can pay up to 30,000 and even more. And they told me you need to pay 27,000 and you can't have any access to student loan or anything. And again, I challenged this decision and I showed them all the document and after loads of procedures, they convinced and they put me in the system and I received the student loan. Again, there is loads of people out there who have the status and are still considered as an international student and they can't get to education or university because of this small thing. It'll be really
1: interesting to hear from all of you guys. So what is this one thing, one recommendation you could give to audience who is listening to this podcast right now?
0: I would like to send a message to who is uh, responsible about this country. Concentrate more on the young people even if they don't have any status because one day they will have the status but what you will find after that damaged person or um, a good character in this community the all bad things effects on us even if we try to deal all the time with this but leave marks crutches inside our souls, inside our mind. So just focus about our kids because they are the future. We run away from our countries just for a safe place, for a good future for our kids. So we don't want to repeat that again in this country. I think, um, not just for me, a lot of families, they couldn't carry on their life. They couldn't carry on their future studying or anything just because they don't have a visa. It's very difficult just to stop someone life just because the one paper or for a visa for status people more important than the documents don't treat with asylum seekers especially asylum seekers as uh, files numbers they are people human at least give them their human rights
1: my recommendation would be I would, those who are experts by experience like us listening to this podcast please speak up and share your experiences, share your feelings. I know that's not easy, but please do speak about what you have been through, what, what uh, barriers you have met during this process of accessing education, because it's really important that we to highlight that what barriers people are going through this system, not only while they are seeking asylum, but after that as well, when they got the refugee status. And they have second recommendation, a uh, second ask to those who make decisions. Hopefully, they are listening to this podcast. So please listen that we are human beings like you, like everybody else, because UK is our home right now. And we want to contribute the country like you all do. And we want to have a life like you all do.
5: You all said good points. And uh, I... Concentrate about future. What we will get in the end of this process?
4: For me, as a last words, maybe I consider education equation is future for everyone. And uh, I highlight that don't waste these resources. These resources need to be saved and need to be enhanced and need to be recognized. And the... The other thing that one day when you, I mean, capitalize on these people, you will find like strong effect in employment sector. Especially nowadays, we can see crisis anywhere regarding the gap of skilled labour and employer uh, so we can get this through the education path. So please pay attention to those voices and uh, try to capitalise on them.
1: Thank you everybody who joined us today on the panel. Thank you all of you for being brilliant. and thank you to everybody who is listening to this podcast right now and uh, I hope that you have a lovely day.
2: Oh, oh. Come on, sing with
1: me. Thank you for listening to EBE Network Podcast. For more information, you can visit refugee-action.org.uk. Till the next time.